Burnout Box, Season 2, Episode 39. I'm Rebecca. And I'm Justin. And we are excited to talk to you this week. What have you, what have you had going on this week? So, uh, over the past week, um, I've had a lot of stuff going on. I've been designing a lot of new parts that VMP will, beginning to, will begin to roll out later this year and early next year. So, I'm really excited about that. And those are all parts to make more horsepower. Or they support making more horsepower in some way. What's been going on with you? My car is, like, going to start up in a half an hour or so. And I'm super excited. After the show. Yep. Oh, super excited. All and the fluids are in it. Mm-hmm. And to the track tomorrow. New fuel system. Mm-hmm. New cooling system. Mm-hmm. New blower. New blower. New engine. You've never raced with the Gen 3R. Nope. VMP's had the Gen 3R out for like four or five months now. and I've had a baby for yes, six months now. Yes, you grew a human. Yeah. VMP made a blower, Rebecca made a human. <laughs> yep. Which is more impressive. You let us know. Don't, because I know it's going to be the blower. Uh, the human thing is really impressive. Rebecca has made six humans. Yes, I have. So, uh, kind of leading into going to the track tomorrow night, we're going to talk about going to the track today. So, kind of like, if you guys have any ideas about going to the track, questions about going to the track, we're going to run through this as if you're going from the very first time to what you do as you progressively get faster when you're going to the track, and we'll touch on um, what you do if the car's been sitting for a while and then want to hit up the track. What did you do the very first time you went to the track? What did I do? Yeah. I said, Dad... I'm not old enough to sign a waiver. You want to go to the track with me? <laughs> and I, I told my mom, I want to go to the track. I'm going to go to the track with my friends. Well, you know, there's a bunch of drunk rednecks that fight out there. The neighbor told me that. He used to go to Bithlow a lot. <laughs> so, yeah, I just um, I drove my 95 Mustang down to uh, Bithlow. I drove on 95 from Daytona and hit up the track. And, like, my dad was just kind of like... Yeah, you just drive the car. It's not a big deal. And so I just drove the car. It wasn't a big deal. I just, um, yeah, I just drove my car, too. I remember, like, printing up directions off of, like, Expedia.com. MapQuest. MapQuest. <laughs> and getting lost in Orlando on the way to the track. And I didn't know at the time there were back roads that I could take that were way easier than the toll roads. That's another story. The but. first time that I went with you to the track, I went on the back roads. Because mm. I had never been. I, I was coming from Daytona, but going from your house, it was better to take the back roads. So back then, we were pretty green to racing. For sure. And I wish I could remember, like, exactly what happened the very first... Like, I'm like, I'm trying to remember, how did I know how to stage the car? And I can't remember. I don't know if my dad told me, or if I just watched people, or what happened. But somehow it happened. Obviously, everybody does this that goes to the track, so somehow it happened. I remember my friends telling me to go around the water box because I didn't have slicks. And they said we had nice cars, and you know, we, they said that there was bleach in the water to make the tires smoke better. And I definitely don't want to get that kid on your car. Oh you know? wow! Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. wow! Yeah. So I don't remember. I I think somebody just told me, "Hey, drive around the water box." So I did. So that would be uh, a good first time. And let me back up just a bit. Um, having your AC off if you have a car with AC when you get to the track. 
Kind of a good idea. That was one of the things, uh, I remember that being a tip that my dad yeah. gave me. At, like at 16 or 17 years old, we had the basic information, turn your AC off, drive around the water box. Mm -hmm. We were racing like 16 second V6 Mustangs. Yeah, I, went, I ended up going to 16.4 in that car. You, you like, and for a 3.8 liter single port Mustang V6, like that 16.4 was driving the pants off of it. Yeah, I shifted in that T5. My uh, automatic with a homemade cold air went 15.7 on the first first I session. I had the split port heads and I, I had all know. the better stuff. I so. know. 50 more horsepower in that V6. So yeah, and then if you are on street tires, driving around the water box, even though it does not have bleach in it, it's still a good idea. <laughs> um, because you do not want to drag water up to the line for you or the people behind you. It's not a courteous thing to do and it'll screw you up too. And that's why even like drag racing specific front tires, they have very little tread mm -hmm. because that tread holds water. Something that is amazing to me is, you know, obviously Rebecca and I started racing now like 16, 17 years ago. The cars weren't as fast and we had cars that weren't fast at all. We didn't need helmets. That is true. Like now if you're going to the track to the race, you better have a freaking helmet. Yep. Um, if you do show up at the track and don't have a helmet, a lot of times the, t uh, the tower will have a helmet that you can borrow. So don't despair if you get there and you're like, oh, shoot, I forgot my helmet. You, I mean, it's kind of gross, so you kind of want your own helmet, but you, you do have options if you mess up, but people do. And, the, and their helmets are usually like used helmets that I'm pretty sure are out of date, so they're not like the carding places that have a rental fleet of helmets. I mean, I don't know, maybe some tracks have a rental fleet of helmets, but... Not the places we go. <laughs> yeah, they're just like, here's a brain bucket, have a nice day, give us your driver's license. So make sure Liabilities off of us now. Yeah. Um, I mean, if it makes sense, most of the people that are racing a fast car have their dedicated safety equipment that they always have with them. Uh, yeah, but I have been in the situation where I'm switching between vehicles and I've, I've screwed up. Yeah, that's true. So I can see it happening. I mean, stuff happens, so don't despair if it does. And, you know, in the case of what we do now, the safety equipment's always in the vehicle or in the race trailer, so yeah. it's easily accessible. It's usually just in the vehicle, right? It's usually just in the vehicle. I'm pretty particular about how I like put my yeah. stuff away so that I know where the stuff is and so that I can say, somebody touched it, <laughs> if it's not where it usually is. And we'll get into like the a little bit later, if we have time, we'll get into the safety equipment that you need, but you know, right now, we'll stick to the basics. Yeah, a helmet. Helmet's so, a good one. Oh, Andy I mean, stole my mic. Anybody racing a new Mustang GT, needs a helmet. They have, they're quick enough. And it needs to be at least an M, it needs to be less than 10 years old and it needs to be M Snell M rated. And as you go faster, you actually need an A rated automotive rated helmet. So what else do I have to talk about? Um. First, so it's really the first time at the track. Let's, so we talked about the start of the race. We didn't really talk about how to stage a car, yeah. and I think that might be, I, I, I do remember that being intimidating, I just don't remember how I got around it. Because <laughs> there's a lot of things that could go wrong. You could stage with the back tires. We saw people do that, didn't we? Yeah, we saw somebody do that recently. So there's, there's two beams, and there's two light bulbs. Mm -hmm. Two sets of light bulbs. Set for each side. Yep, well, and then two sets. Oh, yeah. yeah. Top, bottom. That's what I'm saying, because oh, usually yeah, it's more yeah. than one light bulb. Yeah. So the 
the tower with the lights on it is called the Christmas tree, so that's what we're going to refer to it from here on forward. There's uh, two sets of amber light bulbs on either side, and then there's three green light bulb or three yellow light bulbs, and then a green light bulb, and then a little red light bulb. Um, and that's on both sides. So that's kind of how your Christmas tree set up. And when you um, break the beams, so you roll into the beams with your tires, it's going to um, turn on the want your set of amber lights. And I'll turn on the first one for the first beam. That's called pre-stage. And then I'll turn on the second set of light bulbs for the second beam. And that's when you're staged, and that means you are ready to race. Um, and usually for... Any racing sanctioning body, if you have broken both, that that means it's a race. You've, yeah, you've, you've, you've committed. You've left the line. You better stay in it. You better win. Yeah, yeah. You've you you've went ahead and accepted the conditions of how things are going to go down at this point. Now, so once you get to the end of the track, you slow down and you turn. No, <laughs> you do not slow down and turn around and come the other way. You go down the return road. Oh, I was going to talk a little bit about the light sliding up. Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry. <laughs> you have to go. Yes. So, um, if you are on a sportsman tree, the yellow lights light up sequentially, one, two, three, and then green, and then you go. It's pretty self-explanatory at that point. Um, and you have a lot of time because they light sequentially. Yes, a lot of time. It seems like an inordinate amount of time after you get used to a pro tree. Yeah. If you are on a pro tree, all three yellow lights light up at once, and then that green light, and then you go, is, is the theory behind how things are supposed to go. Um, and the, um, and, uh, like Justin said, you drive down the track, and then you turn at the end of the track, not on, around on the track, but at the end of the track, down the return road. Usually pick up your time slip. Um, there's usually a little shack where you can grab somebody standing there and they'll kind of wave you down if you're <laughs> if you're not <laughs> sure that that's where you're supposed to stop and they'll give you a time slip and you can be on your merry way. And like if you're at a new track or you got a lot going on, it's very easy to pass the time slip shack. So Ooh, that's I don't one know of the that things. I've ever missed the time slip shack. Uh, I've I've almost missed it before. So if I'm, I'm like, very like I need that, so I'm gonna pay yeah. attention. Um, a lot of tracks have two turnoffs. So if you're running like a, a fairly slow car, you can make the first turn off. But most of the time, or you if just, you run an eighth mile, oh yeah, most of the time you're going to go all the way to the end and make the big turn off. And um, you'll see if you're if you're racing with real fast cars, they'll be down there packing, repacking their parachutes. They'll be getting pushed or pulled back to the pits by their pit vehicles. So there's all kinds of things going on down at the end of the track. So you've really got to be still. Uh, in a hot racing environment type of situation, even after you've slowed down, good to look out. And of course, driving through the pits, most tracks have like a 15 mile per hour speed limit in the pits. And we even <laughs> ran into a situation, we, we were at the uh, track with all six of our kids last night, and there were people driving way too fast through the pits. Not a lot of lighting, no headlights, just, yeah, just be careful. There's a lot yeah. going on at a racetrack. Yeah. You don't want to mess up somebody's day and you don't want to mess up your own day either. So, um, let's, uh, hit a, you want to hit a couple questions? Yeah, let's go ahead, and since I was just talking about the tree, I'm going to go ahead and hit D-I-V-K's question. Do you all prefer a pro tree or the sportsman tree, um, the sequential lights? 
I definitely am a pro tree um, person. I get very, very bored and kind of lose attention if I have to be on a sportsman tree. And then, like, the pro tree is more like a competitive type environment. You, to get a good time on pro tree, you really need to have a trains break. Um, The sportsman tree is more for, you know, the sportsman racer. Yeah. Where you've got... You've got time to get started, start to let the clutch out, or go from gas, break to gas, and you can actually get closer to a zero reaction time. Yeah. I will definitely red light on a sportsman tree. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I will leave before the tree's activated, even, on a a sportsman tree. That's my my famous thing if they accidentally, I'll, because I write on my car, pro tree, and, um. Sometimes they'll still put me on a sportsman tree by accident. Once in a while when she's testing and she's not in competition, they'll, yeah, do that. We're dropping everything. So one of the um, things that I see come up quite often on Facebook and the forums amongst novices is, oh, my reaction time. And, you know, if I got a better reaction time, I get a better ET. Well, the reaction time does not affect the elapsed time whatsoever. It's... It's important as far as A to B, who crosses the finish line first, but it's not important for your ET or your mile an hour. The, uh, the clocks don't start for that until you actually leave the line. Um, we'll hit David Neal because I was still talking about the same stuff. What about instant? Best way to cut a good light? So I've never raced on instant green. Um, well... <laughs> Did we, at the street race, you made safe? I think we were with the truck, but, like, I couldn't cut it. And that that really, like, you're so used to the pro tree. Yeah. That that would really. It messes me up big time. Um, So I'm not not great with instant um, because I just am not familiar with it, and it's not the type of thing that I do. Best way for me to cut a good light on a pro tree, as soon as I see yellow, go. Just let go of that button. You know, the instant green, we were talking about that a couple days ago in the shop. It's supercharged cars. They obviously make instant torque, so they're really good for that type of racing. Um, Turbo cars have to spool up. And it's uh, the instant green is very popular with, you know, street Street racing racing type situations. Um, So I get it. It's kind of cool to leverage your advantages in that situation. And that kind of leads back into what Billy Brantley is asking. The real question is, Chase is a race, true or false? I'm going to say false. I like my, I can 60 foot the crap out of a car. And uh, that's where my advantage is. We want to be out front the whole time. (laughs) She is just here. I'm going to trade you for a second because she stole my mic again. She's got her toy that she's liking, but... Um, so... So, let's get into um, things you should bring to the track with you. We got into the basic process of staging, racing, um, minimum safety equipment like a helmet. Yeah. And depending on... I, I would say that every racer needs a tire pressure gauge. I would agree. I think that's a really good um, piece of equipment to have with you. Um, you want to be in control of your tire pressure. You can't be in control of, of it if you don't know what it is. You know, most of us are running drag radials, even as a minimum situation, and there's an ideal tire pressure based on the combination of the drag radial, you know, usually down around 20 PSI. Um, 
if you are on a street tire, usually around 32 PSI in the rear tires is still going to keep that tire flat and not cause it to get cupped and concave um, to maintain maximum contact patch. But uh, beyond the tire pressure, you know, as you go faster. Things get, you bring more and more stuff with you to the track. Yeah. And that's where trailers become really necessary. For a while, it was like, oh, I can throw some stuff in my um, center console. One thing that I'd want to have with me pretty much from the get-go, because I think that a tune is one of the best things that you can do to a stock or stock-ish vehicle, is definitely uh, my tuner. I like to bring my tuner, but my tuner tuning device I like to bring too. Invaluable, especially if you have a race tune or a boosting tune that you want to throw in before you actually race the car. Um, the other thing is, is we believe in data collection. You should always be collecting data, whether you're on the dyno or at the track. All that stuff is valuable. It tells you if the car's not performing. It tells you if the driver's not performing or not doing what they need to do. So with an SCT X4 or an Engage, both of them provide for on-device data logging. Yep, absolutely. And, you know, that makes even, like, not great passes valuable. Yeah. So. You can learn, you know, did the car mess up or did the driver mess up? We had a situation at the track last night where a car didn't run right. You could see it in the video. The driver felt it, and we looked at the data logs. It took, it took us about uh, 10 minutes to get through the SD card issues, but we found out that the car was messing up first. But after the car messed up, drivers tend to be very, very intuitive, and if there's something that doesn't feel right, they tend to lift. So the driver lifted, but that wasn't before the car went to a reduced torque mode and spark was cut and it was making less power. So we were able to analyze what went wrong and make a corrective action before ever going out on the track again. Every single run is valuable. Every piece of data that you, that you get. Um, so we've got some other questions. Yeah. Um, go ahead and... Um, you can go ahead and run through some questions. Yeah. So David Neal asks about running like a true street situation, which those of you that are unfamiliar with um, true street, it's just you go on a, a simulate, you, you simulate actual real world driving by going on a 30 mile or so uh, cruise and then come back to the racetrack and drive um, three, three runs in a row, basically. So... Um, his question was, are you letting air out on each pass with the heat in the tires or while in the staging lanes, do you see the pressure normalize? Um, I always check my tire pressure. I can see how, like, oh, girly. If it were maybe a really cool day it might, and you had a lot of racers to run through, it might normalize, but I would always at least check. Yeah, in my experience crewing for Rebecca's car, it's usually the first pass of the day that brings the temperature up a little bit. And okay. I have to pull out very, very little air as the day goes on. Most of the True Street stuff that we've ran has been um, 100, 150 car fields. So you can have an hour of this and, and this is interesting. I think most of the heat in the tire comes from applying the brakes on deceleration. It heats up the rim and therefore heats up the tire. Yeah. So... 
one of the, um, well, you've had this happen, right? If the other car comes into your lane, are you supposed to recall another car ever coming into my lane. I remember other crappy things happening, like somebody's balancer coming into my lane. Parts <laughs> um, flying off. Yeah. And I, uh, people um, turning around before I finished the run and people being sent down the, down the return road. And it's, uh, but no, you're supposed to do what's safe, which would be to not continue to drive. Yeah. Um, if the other car crosses the center line, their run is automatically thrown out, no good. You win by default. So I guess that gives you good incentive to, I mean, nobody wants to have their run thrown out if they're racing in competition, but if there's truly a dangerous situation, then, you know, you're covered there. Yeah. Uh, let's see. D-I-V-K was saying an extra set of plugs is always good. Absolutely. Um, in the case of a supercharged car, belt, an extra belt, um, tools, and then you start getting into tools to change plugs and to change belts. So, I mean, we bring pretty much a basic tool bag that has all the common Ford sizes, 8, 10, 13, 15 millimeter, 17 millimeter for the tensioner, pretty much do everything you need. And the cordless impact, so I don't have to sit there and spin bolts. Um, we are typically reading plugs after every run, so even if you're not changing plugs, all the stuff that you need to do to, to pull a plug is... Yeah, at very, very high power levels, you know, very fast cars, you may want to start reading plugs. That's a whole other art and science in itself, so it's not for everybody, but it is a tool that we employ often to make sure that nothing bad is happening. Yeah. You know, I was just thinking, and this is kind of like a silly one, but I like to have a cell phone because if something happens to me down track or a lot of times, like, you and I will talk and uh, I'll, uh, okay, I want to go over some data and just get a third point of view. It's not that we don't know what we're doing, but, like, hey, if I get, like, I thought, let's talk to the suspension guy. Let's talk to people that are and build our knowledge base. Yeah, so I mean, we'll use the cell phones in an emergency situation if I need to go and get Rebecca from the end of the track. I mean, you've had fuses blow, mm -hmm. you've had a thrown belt, you've had the car make a noise you want to check out. Um, I had the intercooler tank open on a wheelie. <laughs> yeah, dump all the water. Um, yeah, just a lot of stuff happened. I've had a tire completely... You picked up a nail on the return road, yep. a screw, and by the time you got back to the trailer, I said, uh-oh, we better put air in the tire real quick so we can still get it up on the trailer. Um, yeah, the more we talk about this, the more and more you know, stuff that we bring with us, tools, equipment to cover the unknowns. Uh, how often have we had to repair a car at the track to... You know, I we've taken enough Turbo 400s, not mine necessarily. We've done mine, but other people's too. That I feel like that's something that like <laughs> we've got pretty good. <laughs> you get a Turbo 400 out of a car. Yeah, um, I mean, some racers bring spare spare transmissions. Anything that you can think of. Yeah, I mean, we saw one guy's trailer loaded up for the World Cup race that's going on this weekend. He had 
an engine hoist and a spare engine uh, in the back of his trailer, obviously for weight distribution reasons. <laughs> um, we've never brought a spare engine. And we do only have. I've never trans. had a spare engine but, or a spare trans. I mean, that's just some of the insanity that goes on at the higher levels, the faster, uh, faster levels of racing. And his car was a 690 car. Yeah. That was Keith Ria, and I saw him post that uh, that slip. So, I think in most cases, most sportsman racers don't want to go to the trouble of swapping an engine at the track. You know, things like belts, plugs, fuel tire pressure gauge, air compressor, basic hand tools, are usually going to cover you. Yeah, so I would say a basic set of tools is probably a good bet. So, so here's a good one. If you're still driving your car to the track, you're not trailering it, you know, what's your... If you have AAA, are there any exclusions racing or competition? I don't know. I know a lot of people their high performance vehicle breaks a part failure and have used AAA to get it back home or back to the shop to fix it. But that would be a good, interesting one for our viewers. Chime in. <laughs> yeah, if you've broken at the track, did AAA save you? Uh, Otherwise, a friend that can come get you. Yeah. So I think our next uh, our next topic is really. We talked about racing a car that's been sitting a long time, and I think that would apply to winter storage. Yeah. So, um, and Brett Leminger had a question about best tips for prepping a fuel system for winter storage. So, we're going into winter time right now, and a lot of people are putting their cars away. They're going to bring it back out in the spring and race them. Um, do you remember what the two... Me and the other tuners used to always complain about in the spring. No. Stable. Mm. It's for your lawnmower, not for your Mustang. It reduces the octane of pump gas like crazy. So please don't put stable in your tank. <laughs> Boostane is an octane booster and a fuel stabilizer. Use that. Um, if you're in a place where it freezes, uh, you should definitely get the E85 out of your tank. Mm -hmm. The freezing temperature makes like the water come out of the E85. Like, that's, that's my theory. I don't know if there's any science to it. Can you tell me if there's science to it? Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, down here in Florida, we've left E85 in cars for three to six months, not really had a problem. Right. I think your car is sat inadvertently. Yeah. I mean, we just we just pumped some purple drink out of your car, and the fuel pump still worked, and everything was good. I was I was worried about that. Uh, this is the stuff I worry about. Oh, and did you hear that Matt accidentally put some purple drink in his uh, pit bike? No. He said he had to keep it choked to keep it running. <laughs> I'm unsurprised. That's that's why it's doing wheelies. This, it makes it more exciting. Yeah. One of the guys in the shop got a pit bike. So got two two pit, two pit bikes. bikes. So other storage type things. You know, some of the people get the flat stopper. Yeah, that's what um, I was just thinking about. Yeah. I mean, if your tires get flat spotted, they get round when you drive it, yeah. right? You know? Yeah. I feel like some people sometimes will, like, put their cars on jack stands, jack stands. to prevent that, too. You know, Again, the tire will get round. Yeah. If you get if you have bias ply tires, I think they flat spot really easily. Yeah, I can see that. And, um, 
So really just getting the E85 out of the tank if you're up north and deciding how you want to deal with flat spots, trickle charge the battery or just disconnect the battery. Uh, popular question around this time, will I lose my tune if I disconnect my battery? No, you won't. <laughs> um, so that's, uh, I think that pretty much covers everything. Yeah. We get, we got, we're good on questions and comments. I think so. Ready to do this? Yeah, I think we're all good. So make sure, oh, next week we're going to be at SEMA, so we'll be doing it live from SEMA. And, um, yeah, tune in next week, and um, make sure you like, share, and subscribe, and Carter's going to say goodbye to you as well. Please remember to like, share, and subscribe. Bye. Thank you for watching. Have a good day. See you next time.